0: I am Jeff Ado. This is Lunacy, where we discern the sacred from the insane and admit that whether we like it or not, we are all profoundly affected by the cycles of the moon. How? Today on the podcast, we're going to go deep into personal responsibility, what it means to not be a victim in this life. And this discussion may be triggering for certain people. Uh, It's triggering for me, quite frankly. So if you don't want to hear this one, skip it. Okay. And the first thing that I want to talk about is a professor of mine, teacher of mine that I had in college. His name is Father Ren. He has since passed away. He taught Zen at a Jesuit university as a priest. Which, uh, you know, makes him kind of a controversial figure. He is, uh, for sure, one of the most dedicated humans I've ever had the pleasure of encountering. To really giving people a sense of oneness and manifesting their own relationship with God, he's really the best priest I ever met. Now, I'm not Catholic. I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up very. Relaxed Christian, uh, Protestant, United Church of Christ, to be specific. No fire and brimstone talk. Mostly golf. You know what I mean? And Father Ryan was not about the fire and brimstone. In fact, um, you know, he often used to say it's odd that the Christian church uses a crucifix as their symbol. It's kind of like putting an electric chair up there and then having that as your symbol, particularly when you consider the horror of dying on a cross. One of the most profound and insightful things that Father Wren taught us was that he would sit at the front of the room. Actually, we all sat in a circle on Zen meditation cushions. It was a Zen class. So we'd be sitting in a circle on Zen meditation cushions, In the top floor of the Marquette Hall at Loyola University of New Orleans. And um, and he would say, you are all you are all sadomasochists. And then he would have this smirk on his face like he just said the funniest thing anyone had ever heard. When really it was the weirdest thing that any of us had ever heard. You were all sadomasochists. You're constantly inflicting and receiving pain and acting like you're not responsible for it. That was the message. And when I first heard that, I I thought it was bizarre. But then also the smirk on his face was, was very telling. It wasn't like a smirk of a comedian, uh, or, you know, just somebody who's trying to fuck With us, you know, it was the smirk, the knowing smirk of somebody who had delved into the depths of consciousness and come away with this conclusion that we are, quote unquote, all sadomasochists. And I often think about that because it's so incredibly profound and liberating. If we are all sadomasochists, if I am constantly inflicting pain on myself because I like to receive the pain and inflicting pain on others because I like to inflict pain on others, then who am I and what's really going on here? What Ren was pointing to is the unfathomable depths of ignorance or ignorance that we as human beings possess our capacity to ignore our own source, our own connection to each and every one else. And also our capacity to inflict harm on others and ourselves and ignore the wounding and the trauma that we have received or that we have interpreted or that we have accepted. Now, sometimes, of course, that trauma is inflicted upon children. And uh, one could assert, and I would, that the majority of the trauma that we experience in our lives started when we were children, when we were defenseless, when we couldn't, we had no choice. We were little slaves to our parents. And they said and did whatever they said and did. And the people around them said and did whatever they said and did. And really, there wasn't much we could do about it. Of course, some of these wounds are much more egregious than others. But all of us have them in the formation of our identities on this path. And if we stop and consider that that little boy for me, or that little girl, or that little whomever, that little them, didn't know. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to interpret things, and they weren't guided appropriately. To gauge the fact that right now in this moment when they're receiving trauma and they're crying uncontrollably and the parents like what did I do I don't understand you know they don't realize even what the damage was or maybe it's from something else Uh, that that little boy didn't know and that it's okay It's important for us as adults to really look at those traumas and offer healing. And what I really feel like Ren meant by, we are all sadomasochists. We are constantly inflicting pain and receiving pain. um, And we just don't want to know. We don't want to see that is ultimately that's accurate. If, Ultimately, we are all one. And I do believe we are all one. We are all related. There's no getting out of this ecosystem. There's no getting out of humanity. There's no getting out of our connection as human beings to each other. Our relatedness, our level of understanding, our capacity for language and discussion and dialogue, there's no getting out of that. So if we are all related, then we are also incredibly powerful. And particularly in our power of ignorance. Easily, we can look back and say, well, you know, I was hurt as a child and therefore I'm creating behaviors that mimic that pain. You know, the old phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Well, that's that's accurate. People that are wounded uh, hurt people in a similar way so that they can see the other person's reaction they get something out of it. It's perverse and peculiar and bizarre, but that's just one of the ways that we tend to try to process our own trauma instead of going deep within and like looking at it, talking about it, sussing it out in therapy or meditation or whatever, you know, some kind of a ceremony that you're doing some kind of work that's going to Have you look at your own traumas and really accept responsibility for that trauma and the interpretation of that trauma and then heal that. Because otherwise, we just end up taking our traumas out on other people. That's just how it goes. We are sadomasochists. We are experiencing that pain. We like the feeling of that pain secretly. And then we inflict that pain on other people because we haven't dealt with that pain. That's just kind of modus operandi for humanity for the last, I don't know, thousands of years. OK, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you go back to indigenous times and everybody's totally enlightened, walking around like nothing doing. You know what I mean? Engaged in healing circles and such. I don't know. Like, I wish I had a time machine. I could go hang out with Socrates and Plato. You know what I mean? Chop it up. All right. Talk about love and meaning in the world. You know what I mean? I wish I could do that, but I, I can't. I can just read the books. Uh, and of course, I can have discussions, which and dialogues, which obviously that's that's what I'm doing now. This idea that we are sadomasochists, that we are fully responsible, hundred percent, no question about it, responsible for our lives, for who we are, for who I am, and how I occur in the world, is uh, I mean, very sad. <laughs> on the one hand, and extremely liberating on the other. If I take full responsibility for my life, for all the reactions that I've ever had to other people, for all the reactions that I've ever had to myself, for all the times that I didn't step up and step out when I knew I could have, for all the times that I shied away or got scared... If I take responsibility for all those things, for all the times that I got hurt or allowed myself to get hurt or put myself in a situation where I would get hurt and did get hurt, if I take responsibility for all of those things, if I choose not to be a victim, I find myself profoundly liberated. Now, this is not for everybody. It's an unfortunate truth that we are all sadomasochists, that I am a sadomasochist. Um, And I don't want to hear that Which I think is why Wren smirked So Because he knows that nobody Wants to think that they're totally Responsible for their own rea- reality And for sure Nobody wants to think that they are also Responsible for all of the pain That they have experienced And also inflicted on other people Nobody wants to take responsibility Period especially in our society right now. However, there's just no getting around it. It's not to say that something horribly calamitous could occur uh, that just would cause tremendous trauma to you uh, that you didn't plan on and you weren't expecting and then this thing just happened. It's not to say that. It's not to say that the Holocaust was planned by the jews right they didn't plan it it's not to say that a person who was raped or beaten was like yeah i really want to get beaten and raped tonight that's not that's not what i'm saying it is to say that we have traumas in our life and we can be responsible for our reactions and we don't have to continue to be a victim of the trauma that we received. And in not being a victim of that trauma, we eliminate the need to inflict whatever sort of pain we're going to inflict on other people. By the way, it doesn't mean that you're gonna go, if you got beaten, you're gonna go beat somebody up. It doesn't mean that. It could also be in the form of you're just not going to give your gifts to the world. You're gonna ignore the fact that you have So much to offer to people because you're afraid of getting beaten. You know, there's there's all kinds of ways that that kind of trauma can spin out when we're in a reactive mode and not in a responsive mode. So how is it that we attain responsive mode? How is it that we attain a responsive mode and how is it that we maintain being in response rather than reaction? Right. Reaction is our instinct. It's what we immediately do. It's when the guy cuts me off in traffic, I start cussing. Know what I mean? Whereas response is weighing the fact that this is a human being and, you know, maybe he's in a hurry and I really have no idea what's going on in his life right now. And he might be just caught up in some personal trauma that has him acting like a, you know, complete jackass on the fucking road in front of me. Asshole. See, that's the voice that comes out, except not usually accented. How do we attain a a state of response and not reaction? Awareness. How do we attain awareness? I don't know. I really don't. What works for me, at least what I can see that works for me, where I am less reactive and more responsive is if I meditate every morning. Super helpful. Yoga, stretching. I do this dao Bao thing that I'm very fond of every morning. I stare at the sun. It's also being aware of the mechanism. That's the other thing. It's when something happens, and this is really challenging. It's when something happens, going straight to, am I being a victim here? Am I being a victim in this moment? How do I be responsible? And that's super hard because what happens physiologically is when we experience some kind of a trauma, we immediately go into fight or flight. Our amygdala hijacks our whole body, right? That's the lizard part of the brain. And uh, it freaks out. It totally freaks out. So asking myself, how do I not be a victim in this situation? in the moment of the trauma is very challenging but it's certainly possible and if i can actually ask that question then it allows me to catch myself as i fall into the victim trap and the victim trap as i've discussed on this podcast a bunch of times we're just going to go over it again and again until all of us get it especially me you know what i mean the victim triangle looks thusly okay you got your victim, right? That's the one that the harm occurred for. You got your persecutor. That's the person who did the trauma. And then you got your rescuer over here. That's going to rescue you from that situation, from that perpetrator. And it's a triangle because each of those elements is dependent upon the other. And it is ever asserting itself in our reality all the time. If I... Deny being a victim. If I accept that I'm simply in this situation and that there's nothing that I can do about it, then I stop blaming my persecutor and I don't look for a rescuer because the only true rescuer in this reality is me. I'm the only one that can make any difference for me. And that's also the really harsh truth of reality. Even as I say this, <laughs> don't tell me about reality. I don't need to hear it from you. None of us is really coachable, right? None of us really wants coaching unless we're, we are about that life and we create that reality. Hey, I want to go to the Olympics. Know what I mean? Teach me how to swim fast. I don't know why I chose swimming because I just watched that fucking movie. You know, and it's called Swimming, I think. The Swimmers or something. I don't know. It's about them. the two sisters. All right, the sisters. And they won uh, one of them. Competed in the Olympics. All right. She did. And she was Serbian. She was Serbian. In the case of I want to be an Olympic athlete, then I can possibly create a coachable situation. If I engage a mentor and I say, I really want you to be my mentor, and then I really mean that, I could potentially fall into the coachable category, but I have to always watch it because my pride never really wants to be coached. I never want to think that I'm not doing it right. And neither do you. I just want to keep going. All right. And like, you know, whatever, just keep it rolling, man. Just keep moving. And when am I going to get some point? I'm going to get to the point where I'm like actually happy. You know, that's, I think, the default attitude that all of us have. So even as I as I say all of this, I I get that the propensity for each of us is not to listen to what I have to say, uh, even for myself. And also, and also, and this is, oh gosh, this is the really just the shittiest of shitty things, you know what I mean? With extra shit sauce on top of it, basically, uh, is that I, the victim part of me, the part of me that automatically goes to victim mode, wants to live... Wants to live hard. It really wants to live so much so that as I embrace being a victim or I step into that mindset that I am a victim, that uh, neural pathways get created in my brain and neural peptides get created in my brain, which are essentially emotional receptors. They are actual cells that are in my actual noggin, aka. Uh, That are craving that same kind of awful feeling of not belonging, mixed emotion, traumatic injury. There are neuropeptides that need to feel that way. They need to actually feel that I am a victim and that there is nothing that I can do about my reality and that I don't belong here and that it's all fucked up and I should just jump off a cliff or whatever. Okay, hopefully, by the way, don't do that. (laughs) If you get anything from this podcast, do not jump off a cliff unless it's intentional and your toes are pointed. Okay, into the water. Yeah, the shittiest shit part is that the victim part of me really wants to survive and that I like the victim. I dig it. That's the sadomasochist part, right? The sadist likes to inflict pain. The masochist likes to receive pain, sadomasochism. It's just that we pretend that we're not doing that all the time. That's why bondage is so fascinating to me. <laughs> and I, 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 I confess, I have not delved into the realm of bondage. I'm not, you know, whatever. I just haven't done it, okay. But I admire the consent uh, that's created, the game that's created the way that they use uh, that as like therapy for people uh, to liberate them from traumas that they had as children or just whatever fantasies that they've got going on. I I think it can be actually very healthy. Um, And I know friends that swear by it, you know? Well, okay. Two friends that swear by it out of many, but whatever. It's a little weird. I get it. But go, go, go bondage. The beautiful, the most beautiful thing about it is they've really pioneered what it means to actually have a consensual conversation, which is something that we desperately need in this world, particularly when it comes to sex and sexual relations with other people. Okay. You know, you got to have a good consent conversation. You got to be to, able and willing to talk about what it is that you want, what it is that you don't want. What it is that you're open to, okay? What you need afterwards, you know? You have to have some kind of a conversation like that. Is this okay? You know, uh, uh, otherwise, it's just, you know, we're just, it's just going to be gross somehow. It's going to be messed up and not the beautiful thing that it is, all right? The thing that got us all here in the first place. The act of creation, yep. Anyway, um, so recognizing that I like to be a victim, that I like to actually experience this trauma because in part, what got me here was experiencing that trauma and also holding on to that trauma years later. It's weird that we do that, Uh, but we do that. We really do. We really hold on to the trauma that was inflicted upon us long after we have survived it long after the physical wounds uh, that may have been inflicted have healed we hold on to that trauma like it was yesterday like it was today because we haven't dealt with it so then how do i deal with it how do i deal with my own trauma um and and how do i see that i am responsible for my own trauma recently i got surgery i got metal removed from an elbow injury uh, where I had a plate in my elbow because I, I shattered my elbow um, riding a electronic vehicle. And I also got metal removed from my foot uh, that's been there since 2012 from a motorcycle accident that I was in where I was T-boned by a truck. So this is actual trauma that has occurred. By the way, the surgery went great. Thanks for asking. I'm healed. I feel great not having metal in my body. Um, I feel like I'll be able to straighten my arm all the way one of these days. And, uh, you know, my foot's coming back in a strong way. It's feeling good, you guys. I'll be able to do some kickboxing anytime now. So these are are two examples of actual trauma that occurred. Well, so um, when I was hit by the truck... It was her fault. (laughs) I was at an intersection uh, and I was driving south on La Brea Boulevard in Los Angeles, crossing San Vicente. And I had a green light and I was in the right lane and I saw this lady in a black Ford F-150 stop in front of my lane. Now, anybody who's riding a motorcycle assumes that if someone stops in front of the lane, they see the traffic that is coming. Which I also did. And then. Uh, she went. As soon as I got into the intersection. And. Uh, she hit me. And I. You know. Fell off my bike. And I looked up. And she was on the telephone. She was on the cell phone. She had it to her face. Back in the day. When that was like a extra no-no. Before. You know. Cars had speaker phones. And all that shit. Connected. And with the other electric vehicle thing that where I broke my elbow, uh, you know, it died basically when it wasn't supposed to. And, um, and I had an accident and it wasn't because I was off balance. You know what I mean? It just, it just quit. So in both of those incidents, one could look at the trauma that happened and say, well, it's their fault. They did me wrong. They, that's, you know, they're, they're, they're the bad guy, you know, help me, whatever hospital, you know, people around me, mom. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a legal thing about all this, right? Like the lady who hit me with her truck, uh, her insurance paid for it. Right. She, she hit me. But then there's also, do I give my power over to her and become a victim of this situation where it wasn't her that inflicted? I mean, it was her that inflicted the pain, but she didn't do it on purpose. It's not like she saw me and she was like, oh, I think I'll just run over this motorcycle rider. That's not how it went down. She was on her phone. She wasn't paying attention. She stopped in front of the lane because she was used to stopping in front of the lane. She just went. She didn't think anybody was coming. And she hit me. And She was like, oh, my God. And it if I really look back, honestly, you know, outside of the fact that she was on her phone, the other thing on her face was absolute terror, absolute terror that she just could have killed somebody. You know, she looked she was looking down on me on on the pavement, uh, my bike under her truck with absolute terror screaming into the phone like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know. So I can point the finger at her. And I could say it's her fault. She did this to me. Uh, I can do that. And I can be bitter about it. And I can be mad at people in trucks. Uh, I, whatever, right? I can carry this resentment uh, that they did me wrong and they messed up my foot. Which, by the way, I can still run and everything. It's not, you know, it just hurts sometimes. But now I got the plate out. It's going to be fine. I can pretend as if she is responsible and I've totally screwed it up. Or, or I can take responsibility. I put myself on that motorcycle. I was driving through traffic. And in fact, if I really want to cut a little deeper on it, and I do, at the moment of the accident, I was having like, you ever get those like intuitions where you're like, something is off today. Like and it just feels like there's like a darkness and I don't know what it is, right? You ever get those intuitions? I had one of those that day. And it wasn't like, don't ride your motorcycle per se. It was just like something dark was going to happen. It wasn't going to be fun. And then it did happen. Um, and also, like, I, I put myself in this situation. Uh, I, I was riding the motorcycle. I, I take responsibility for my actions. Uh, Now, it, it hurt... <laughs> The physical trauma was severe. The, the For me, the lesson of it was embrace this life. This life is precious. Follow your dreams. Follow your passions. Continue to do what you're doing uh, unabashedly. And accept your fate, right? That's the, the lesson now. To the degree that I have taken those lessons, uh, still, <laughs> still being revealed in my life. However, I can't say I, I am not walking around worried about that and I don't have trauma from it. Same thing with the elbow injury. You know, I put myself on that vehicle. Uh, you know, I'm not happy about the result, but like, I'm not a victim of it either. Um, and the wounds have healed and I've, I've accepted that I am responsible. And also I've looked at, well, what is the deeper lesson? What, what is life trying to tell me? What is God trying to tell me the creator? What is the the path here, you know. And by the way, I'm not saying that I'm right about any of this, particularly the the God part of it. You know, I I don't know if God is real, if God exists. I, I don't know if there's a divine plan. I don't know. But it's helpful to me to explore that idea. And I definitely think that we are all related, and. I definitely think that this whole situation here on earth is very peculiar and interesting and fascinating and beautiful and that there is wonder and love. So I choose to ask myself, what is the lesson? If there is a lesson in this injury, in what happened, it's to take greater care, to accept that this life is precious. Now, that's what's there for me, to to not be prideful. That's a big one for me. You know, don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. Don't think you're just going to cruise around your Harley Davidson, you know, in your leather jacket and everything's going to be totally fine. You know, cause some shit could happen. Like be really careful, be more conscious and aware of your surroundings. Right. And the pride thing I find like very often, uh, pride, uh, what is it? Um, what is that saying? Pride goeth before a fall. Yeah. If there's part of you, in fact, in both of those situations that I was in, where I was in an accident, pride was involved heavily. I felt very prideful about, uh, you know, writing these things. <laughs> then nothing bad would happen. And then something did. That's just a lesson for me. But the, the main point that I'm trying to make here is that we as human beings have the choice to be a victim or not be a victim. We have the choice to be a sadomasochist, to actually look through that lens. How am I ultimately responsible for the situation that I am in? And how do I extricate myself? How do I look beyond? How do I rise above? How do I push through? the circumstances that I am in, to choose a more loving way of being in the world. How do I operate from love? How do I embrace the love operating system? And that question in and of itself as an operating principle is profoundly beneficial and valuable that question how do i operate from love more automatically gives me license to operate from love more and and prevents me from dipping into the land of the victim and also by the way that is looking at the oneness that is looking toward the light you see i i i mean i wholeheartedly believe that we are all totally responsible for our perspective in the world. And if we're constantly looking at the darkness and how bad it is, that's what we're going to live. Whereas if we're constantly looking at the light and the curiosity and how do I overcome and how do I create justice in my life for myself and for others? And how do I live in harmony and how do I live with honor and respect? And how do I respect and honor those around me? And this planet, how do I get deeper into my relationship with the creator, the source of all life, whether it's the Big Bang or it's, you know, Captain Crunch on the other side of the moon? How do I offer something that's going to be valuable for other people? Those questions are profoundly valuable. And the love operating system as a principle, how do I love my life more? How do I give love more? How do I act more loving in this situation that is not full of love? Um, that way of being is, for me, a gateway to walking a life that is more awake. And that's my goal. So having said all of this, I really want to respect and appreciate each of us on our path here. You know, I certainly don't want this solo cast to go down as me just saying, don't be a victim. That's not what I'm saying. And that is what I'm saying. I recognize people have traumas. All of us are wounded and all of us are healing or not healing, as it were, Um. I just want to appreciate each of us on our own path, wherever you are, you know, maybe you need some TLC, some love, you need some, you need to lick your wounds. I get that. I totally get that. And I just want you to know that I don't say any of this out of any kind of, I've got it all figured out (laughs) and you don't. Uh, I feel like the spirit of this podcast and what we're doing here is that we are all figuring this out together. And looking at things that work and throwing stuff up against the wall and hoping it sticks. And if it doesn't, moving on. So I get that if you are in a place in your own process where you're just not even willing to look at the fact that you could be responsible for something that happened to you in the past and your reaction to it. I just want to respect and appreciate that. And uh, I do hope that at some point. That is a, a possibility that you could see because I really feel the only power that we have in this life is responsibility. It's ironic because it's the thing that we avoid at all costs. You know, we don't really want to be responsible for our lives. That's just we don't. We you know we don't want to listen to somebody else talk to us and give us guidance. And we don't we definitely don't want to be wrong and look bad for sure. We don't want that at all. Okay. And yet it's the only thing that gives us power. The only way out is through. The only possible way that I can live my life fully, fully expressed is if I have total integrity. Is if I honor my word. I do what I say I'm going to do. And I heal the wounds that I have with people that I have in my life. I heal the relationships in my life that I need to heal. I don't say that out of uh, any kind of like arrogance at all. It's just the unfortunate conclusion that I have reached and that many have reached that the path of integrity, the path of really honoring your path, honoring your word, honoring who you say you are, and what you say you're going to do in the world is really a profoundly liberating path. And we're always being knocked off and trying to play games in the background, and running rackets, you know, like the mafia. You know what I mean? No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. How's it going? Oh, everything's fine. But really, on the inside, I'm dying. You know what I mean? Uh, Or I want to murder somebody. Right. Uh, uh, You know, (laughs) there's profound suffering that I won't let on to. You know, I'm putting on a front, a face. uh, You know, here's my Insta. Check out my gram. I got smiles all over the place, man. I'm super happy everywhere in the world that I go. That's true. But it's not really. I'm suffering and I'm sad. You know what I mean? That's how I think it goes. And there's no question to me that what we are realizing as a people now is the profound opportunity of healing and transformation in the world. That given all that has happened in history, given all that we've experienced, given how far we've come, given the immense atrocities that we have inflicted on each other, given the immense power to blow up the world with nuclear weapons that we have now, Uh, given how we can see the environment is affected by our actions from the great Pacific garbage batch to, you know, the rising temperature, given all of that, we have a profound opportunity to wake up, to walk an awakened path or rather to walk an awakening path. Cause that, This whole woke thing just doesn't, I don't, um, it's very arrogant uh, to say one is woke, I think. You know what I mean? If I start saying I'm enlightened, slap me in the face, all right? I'm trying to, I'm walking an enlightening path where I am trying to light my own way and hopefully at the same time lighten up yours a little bit. You know what I mean? That's the goal here. So, all that to say, like, uh, you know, I get the struggle that this presents. I see it in my own life on a daily basis. I'm going to leave this podcast. I'm sure something's going to come up later on (laughs) during the day that I want to avoid, not take responsibility for while I win. I'm sure that's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. The question that I ask myself is how do I just be a little more conscious in that situation? How do I be a little more responsive? And a little less reactive. How do I stop being a silly little puppet? You know what I mean? On these victim strings. On the strings of neural peptides that I created when I was a child. That I don't even remember creating. That just happened to be in my brain. How do I starve those suckers out with love? Know what I mean? How do I walk the beauty way? It's not that I am walking the beauty way. It's that I'm asking the question. How do I walk the beauty way? The answers naturally follow. There's a trust and a faith that happens and occurs in each of us. Where if I really accept that I am totally responsible for my life in all of its forms and all of my reactions, then I have the opportunity to create it in a way that I dream of doing. And if I have the courage to really dream big, then I can create great and beautiful things and the more that i get sidetracked and get hooked you know like a a, like a fish right in the ocean can you imagine if you're a fish in the ocean and 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 somebody catches you a fisherman catches you and now it's like in your cheek and you're just like oh what this thing happened oh my god you don't understand how do i recognize that i'm being hooked that i'm diving into the victim trap how do i extricate myself from that and move more into healed creativity <laughs> how do i take the hook out of my mouth well for me it's taking responsibility i'm responsibility i i, I am responsible <laughs> i am responsible for my reactions to whatever it was that happened to the hook going in my mouth i am responsible uh, for who i am on this planet and how I leave people. And then if I choose love, if I choose to be loving, if I actively embrace that idea of opening my heart of really, truly being with people and actually listening to them, I notice that the world brightens and the people around me brighten. And I am happy. So I just want to end with that invitation. Ask the question. Ask the operating principle question. How do I love more? And see what happens. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you embracing this program. We're actually about to start, launch a a community where people can contribute and play a part and have dialogue and discussion. I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited to have you in that dialogue with me lunacy is a creation of myself jeff Ado with podcast management by kimberly joy voice much love